All right, let's open up the scriptures. What do you say? You know, the word of God is heaven's intelligence. (laughs) So to take our minds and allow the word to form our minds is the most intelligent thing you can do. To try to make the word what our minds think is the dumbest thing you can do. <laughs> Let the word form our minds. I read from John Owen, he said, be not content to have right ideas of Christ's love in your heart unless you have gracious tastes of him. The wonderful thing about the heaven's intelligence of the word is that it's not just cerebral, it's spiritual and it conforms us to his image And it feeds us and transforms not only the way that we see things, but also gives us power to walk out those things. In Thessalonians, Paul says, the word works in you. The word works in you. How wonderful that the scriptures can be looked at and enjoyed. And then the spirit grabs them and makes them what you are. He imparts that to us. So turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians 1. We're going to touch on a couple of things here. While you're turning there, I wanted to uh, tell you something I heard from someone the other day. I might have said it in here before, but it's so worth, so worth rehearing. This woman was talking about the word waste. And this word waste, we all understand. A good example of waste would be you take a a Wagyu piece of beef and you hand it to an ant pile. That's a waste of good steak. Jesus says it like this, giving your pearls to swine. That's waste. It's when you take something that's superior and give it to something inferior. It's lost. And in this very way, God has wasted his son on us. Praise God. And in this very way, nothing that you give to Christ could ever be a waste. Praise God. I'm going to talk to you today about button, string, and a diamond ring. Charles Spurgeon once wrote, fellowship with God is the certain cure for every ill. Fellowship with God is the certain cure for every ill. First point that I have is button. You can look at it at 1 Corinthians 1, 9. This is what the the scriptures tell us. The Bible says here, God is faithful (laughs) through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want you to notice that this invitation to fellowship, this access to fellowship is not based on your faithfulness, it's based on God's faithfulness. God is faithful. It's as if Paul is saying, if you're gonna understand anything about fellowship with God, you gotta realize it does not depend upon your goodness. It depends upon God. Praise God. You can't go to God with a dependence upon your track record. You can't go to God because you're super proud of yourself because you haven't done a certain thing in a little while. 
You can't go to God dependent upon the fact that you have been able to keep your mouth from gossip or, or slander. You cannot bank on those things because that means your access is something other than what Jesus has done. Does that mean that we should live however we want and then just fellowship with God? No, when you start fellowship, fellowshipping with God, that's the cure for every evil. As Andrew Murray brilliantly wrote, sin is powerless in fellowship with God. So we come to God and fellowship with God based upon his faithfulness, praise God. This means that you can have access, you have access to God based upon the perfections of God. That to me is wonderful because it levels the playing field and it brings us to realize nobody has greater access to God than you because it's all based upon the same perfect person. Praise God. God is faithful through whom he called you. This is your calling. You were called into fellowship with the son. Sometimes we wonder and we get all twisted and we think, what is my calling? What am I supposed to do with my life? It's right here in this verse, your calling is settled forever to be in fellowship with God. Eric, but am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? None of that matters compared to this. Fellowship with God. Am I supposed to be a doctor? Do I get married? Do I go to Bible school? Fellowship with God. That's your calling, praise God. That's what he has by his faithfulness called, pulled, invited you into fellowship with God and fellowship with God is so wonderful because it implies an interactive experience. Fellowship with God doesn't mean saying prayers and reading Bible passages. Fellowship with God means I hear, I see, I feel, I experience. Fellowship with God means he's alive, I'm alive, I know him, he knows me personality to personality. Praise God. You don't know everything about a person in your initial meeting with them. You must walk with them in fellowship to get to know them. Praise God. You, you, I have been invited into interactive, blissful exchange with God. As the old Puritans wrote, they said, no hours pass away with such delight as those spent in communion with you. I wish to spend all my time on you. Help me to make you my only end. Praise God. Fellowship with God is what you are called into based upon his faithfulness. Praise God. Which means on the one hand, you can't get proud. And on the other hand, you can't condemn yourself. In other words, you feel like, man, I, I've missed prayer so much. How could I possibly be able to just walk right in? Well, it's not based on you. That's why. <laughs> and you can't say, well, I've fellowship with God so much that, of course, he should let me in. Well, now that's, you'll be blocked because access comes through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. <laughs> One of my friends likes to say it like this. Some people stiff arm God by breaking all the rules. Other people stiff arm God by keeping all the rules. The problem is neither one of these things are faith in Jesus Christ. <laughs> And fellowship with God is the same. We have access to him, wide open access, and no amount of time that you give to him would ever be wasted because he's perfect in every way. So you say, Eric, why is that, why is that called button? Why is the first point called button? Well, just like I wear this shirt in front of you, no matter how tightly and how perfectly I put all the buttons together, if the first one is off, they're all wrong. Fellowship with God is the first button on the shirt. 
Fellowship with God means if you don't have that established, no matter how well you do it, it's all off. That means your evangelism's off. That means your reading of the Bible is off. That means your friendships are off. That means your fellowship, that means your worship. I mean, everything is off. If you lose this heart-to-heart connection, touching, experience, reliance upon, and enjoyment of God, fellowship with God, fellowship with God, it's the first button on the shirt, praise God. It moves my heart, makes me feel so much excitement. It almost makes my soul salivate to dine at the table that descends out of heaven. Praise God. My second point is this. String. Turn over to 2 Peter chapter 1. I want to show you this. I know you guys have read these things before, but it's so precious. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Look at this. Grace. (laughs) Oh, how many love the word grace? Grace and peace be multiplied. Multiplied. Not just grace and peace through. No, grace and peace multiplied through. This is grace upon grace. This is peace upon peace. This is increase. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowing of God and of Jesus Christ. This shows me this, that it is in fellowship that I come to know God and in knowing God, grace and peace is increased in my life. You ever seen a person that's going through absolute terrible things, but for some reason, they're just unmoved? They're just resting with heavenly tranquility. That person has grace and peace multiplied in their life by knowing God. How? Through fellowship. Have you ever seen a person that just seems to always desire to be with God and longing and craving God and loves to preach the gospel and is delighted in all things godly? You ever seen a person like that? That's not a great person. That's a great grace. And that great grace works in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I need grace. I need daily grace. I need to drink of the grace of God. Why? Because it keeps my love alive. It keeps my experience alive. It keeps the word of God alive. It keeps my evangelism alive. It keeps my ability to let go of myself alive because grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Grace. Why? What is this grace? Paul says this. He says, says, I've worked harder than all the other apostles. Not me, though. The grace in me. Grace works in you. It's power. It's empowerment from God, and it will be multiplied in you by fellowship with God. Fellowship with God causes these things to just increase. Man, I love that. Why is it called string? Well, when you have a necklace and you place a bunch of pearls upon that string, if that string break, all those pearls scatter. And so it is with the graces in your life. Fellowship is the string upon which all the graces of God are placed. And if that fellowship break, all those graces scatter. Fellowship with God is the string upon which everything hangs. You miss it there, everything's everywhere. Fellowship with God, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. Oh, moves my heart. I remember reading 
from Jonathan Edwards. I've been reading his biography recently. Very inspiring, especially his wife. He's powerful, but his wife is something else. He says this, he says, prayer. When he says, after he found the sweetness of the spirit in his life, he says, prayer seemed to be natural to me. The breath by which the inward burnings of my heart had vent. Listen closely to this. He says, prayer seemed to be natural to me. It's just happening. Prayer seemed to be the breath. It was like breathing. The breath by which the inward burnings of my heart had vent. The heat of the flame of God in my heart had to get out somehow. And it came out like this. Lord, I praise you. I praise you. I worship you. I praise you. It's just coming out. It's coming out. It's coming out. Why? Because God put a flame on the inside. I, I once heard Bunky, Reinhard Bunky said, I don't keep the flame of God going. The flame of God keeps me going. <laughs> and that is by throwing yourself at the feet of Jesus in fellowship and gazing. And you, there you see him and there you know him. And there you enjoy, enjoy, and enjoy. So fellowship with God is a string. And then lastly, fellowship with God is the diamond ring. Look at 1 John chapter one. Look at this. We'll read from the very first verse. It says, what was from the beginning? That's Jesus. What we have heard, that's Jesus. <laughs> what we have seen, that's Jesus. With our eyes, what we've looked at, that's Jesus. What we've touched at, that's Jesus. Concerning the word of life, that's Jesus. And the life, Jesus, was manifested and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life. That's Jesus, which was with the Father. That's Jesus and was manifested to us. That's Jesus. What we have seen, Jesus, what we've heard, Jesus, we proclaim Jesus to you so that, so that, so that two incredibly important words, so that it reveals intent. It reveals the why. This is the underlying foundation that spurs the whole thing on. Why even tell anybody? So that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. Now, what are you saying that for, Eric? I'm telling you that the whole reason why John even preaches the gospel is that you and I would enter into what he had. What is that? Touch, taste, experience of Jesus. The whole reason why the gospel goes out is that men might know God. From cover to cover, the Bible is revealing one thing. God is seeking men. Not just to save them from hell, but to save them out of a hell that really is a life apart from his presence. Did you ever think about the fact that Jesus saved you from something? Maybe you think Jesus saved me from alcohol or Jesus saved me from promiscuity or Jesus saved me from arrogance or Jesus saved, whatever you think. Whatever it is that you think that Jesus saved you from is inferior to the main thing that he saved you from. And that's this, a life apart from his presence. A life away from fellowship. To fellowship with God is to drink of the well of your salvation. To fellowship with God is the tenet of our salvation. It is, it is the whole reason why the whole thing came about. We miss it here. We miss it. I say all this to say that fellowship with God is the diamond in the ring. If I knelt down before my wife to ask her to marry me and it is just a ring with prongs, she would say, something's wrong with this ring. <laughs> You're missing something. Why? Because the whole point of the ring is the diamond. 
Because the, the ring part that goes onto the finger is just to keep it there and the prongs are to keep the stone there. The whole thing's about the stone. Fellowship with God is the ring and the stone, or the stone and the ring. The fellowship with God is the central stone. And we might have all the things attached to our finger. We might have perfect prongs. But if we miss fellowship with God, it doesn't glisten and glow. Praise God. So button, string, and the diamond ring. Fellowship with God is the cure for every evil, every ill. You say, Eric, I'm, how do I do this? Well, I wrote this down just to help people who have a hard time understanding this. Just take some time. <laughs> just take some time in the inner chamber and bow low before him in worship. Just stay with him. Just let him fully possess you. Take full possession of you so that you can contact the eternal one. You can let him install his holiness on the inside of you and you can lay aside, cast aside all efforts and striving and simply trust him. Simply trust him to install his peace and his life inside of you. Don't strive in your own strength. Just cast yourself at his feet in full assurance that he's with you and that he loves you and that he longs for you. And he will work in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. You say, Eric, can you, can you help me a little bit more than just that? Well, there's two R words that I want to encourage you with. These R words are recognize and realize. Recognize and realize. Recognize means, you know this word, to, you realize, some, you recognize something, but realize has a second definition, which is to apprehend something. So you recognize and realize. Realize is to apprehend it. Recognize is the truth upon which you meditate to apprehend. So what are you saying? It's this, it's that if we recognize the things that the Bible has told us, by recognizing those, we enter into the realization of them. As one person used to say like this, fact, faith, feeling. You need all these F words in your life. Fact, faith, feeling. And they can't be separated from one another. You have to put faith in the fact and that's when you find the feeling. But it's, it's in this order. Fact, right here. Faith, feeling. You say, Eric, what is a, give me an example. Well, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. I'll just show you something. 2 Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 22. The scripture says, look at 21. Now he who established us with you is Christ and anointed us as God. Look at this. Who also sealed us and gave us the spirit in our hearts as a pledge. Do you see this? It's a gift. He gave you what? The spirit into your heart. This isn't a thing of times and seasons which we have to beckon God to throw us a bone and maybe show up. No, no, no. He's installed his presence on the inside of your heart. That's the down payment, the pledge, as Fanny Crosby says, the foretaste of glory divine. It's yours. That's gospel. The gospel is this, God installed. And God being installed is the tasting of the blissful world to come. 
And this is what you have inside of your life. And if you recognize that and by faith, you will find that you realize it. It becomes a realization through the recognition of what the Bible already says. Fact first, he put it in me. Faith, I believe that feeling. Blessed be your name, Lord. You following me? Let's look at one more. Look at chapter five. These are things that should really help you experience the Lord. Chapter five, verse five, the scripture says this. Now he who prepared us for this purpose. Did you hear that? He prepared us for this purpose. Who gave us the spirit as a pledge. The very purpose is that you would experience the spirit on the inside of you as the foretaste of glory divine. You put recognition there. You recognize this. You put faith in that. And what happens is you begin to realize that reality. Now, let me just talk to one more kind of person. Let's talk to the person who feels like they're numb, feel like they're dead on the inside, feels like they don't have any real desire to come to the Lord. Let me tell you that that state of mind, disposition on the inside is not what you think. We naturally think that that means we're super far away from God. But the reality is, is that he, as the great physician, is looking for those with diseases. In other words, when you feel that numbness, that deadness, those corruptions are your qualifications to come to him. If you can switch your mind to realize that the the numbness on the inside of you is your qualification to come to him so that he can make you alive again. That it's putting Christ in his proper place and honoring him as the keeper of the flame. You say, Eric, but I have, you know, I have these different things inside of my heart. Like, like I get bored with God. I'm disinterested in the Lord. I, I have fears or I have coldness in prayer. I have lack of zeal or numbness or I'm numb toward the spirit or I've neglected or I have lack of praise and lack of real thanksgiving or lack of bowing and worship or lack of, of, of felt service to the Lord or I have bondages of sin. Well, let me tell you this. Those things right there are the means by which you can experience him. If you will come down to the bottom and say, Lord, here I am, numb. Here I am, broken. Here I am, without feeling. Lord, here I am. That right there is how you come to Jesus and find him. He didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. (laughs) He didn't come to, to literally... What does it say, Jesus says to the Pharisees, he says, because you think you see, you can't see. But because you're blind, I'll make you see. If you can just recognize and be humble enough to recognize and admit that you're blind, Jesus will set you free and open your eyes. But if you think, I'm fine, I I, I ain't got no problems. I'm good, I see, then there's no help for you. But this kind of humility is what finds God. So you say, Eric, what is your, your point? The whole thing is this. Fellowship with God is a certain cure of every evil. The whole thing is this. Fellowship with God is the first button on the shirt. Fellowship with God is the string upon which all the pearls are placed. Fellowship with God is the central stone in the diamond ring. And it comes by casting yourself at his feet and saying, oh Lord, how badly I need you. And it comes by recognition of your great need for him. And all that you give to him will never, ever be wasted. Praise God. Stand to your feet with me.
We praise you. If the band could come up, that'd be great. Well, let's, let's actually do something today together, all of us. Let's just put our hands on our hearts and let's pray together and ask the Lord for help. What do you say? Maybe you're here and you're just, you're really struggling. You're really struggling. Well, today, let Jesus be flame inside of you. Maybe you failed recently and you feel literally like, there's no way Jesus wants me. The things about you that make you cringe most make him hug tightest, remember. He's pulled to your weaknesses. He longs to help you. So put your hand on your heart. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, how many times have I been here? Greatly in need of you. I bow my heart to your glory. I recognize you. And I'm asking that you would come and do this work. I have realized I can't. I've proven I can't. So come, I plead. Take all of me and just draw me and I will run after you. Give me a desire for your word and for fellowship with you and for prayer and to enjoy you and to enjoy all my service for you. In your precious name, Jesus' name.